342 West 20th Street, New York. Saturday, August 2nd, 2003. 10.30 p.m. In the weeks since the accident, I've kept away from the constellation of friends who knew and loved my brother Samuel. If our paths did happen to cross, they managed to say, It's a miracle you survived, John, in tones suggesting the opposite. I wore that one dark moment on the highway like a red-hot brand. To avoid any more chance meetings, I arrived at Hal Vanderlyn's party deliberately late, hoping the crowd had already melted away. I wouldn't have bothered coming at all, but Hal had proved elusive lately, not returning my calls or emails. He still owed me a significant amount of money, and this party was the one sure chance I had of finding him. As a child, I'd spent hours exploring the Vanderlyn's townhouse, losing myself in the dim labyrinth of its halls, opening doors to silent rooms. Most retained furniture from a bygone era, chairs upholstered in burgundy damask and framed with carved walnut, handmade lace on the arms and headrests. Wardrobes, bookcases, and desks gave off the aroma of camphor and old mahogany, a ghost house. That's how it seemed to me then. Of all its chambers, my favorite was one I called the Vanishing Room, a large open rectangle on the top floor. To a boy, it looked immense. Two huge mirrors hung on facing walls. If I stood dead center between them, I could see myself telescope away to nothing. When I tired of those solitary games, I'd run out through the kitchen to the back garden, a jungle of trees and overgrown shrubs. I'd sharpen sticks and tie lengths of string to make bows and arrows, then lie in wait for a cyclops to charge out from the bushes or a giant to swing down from a tree. Even these innocent recollections seemed tainted now by Samuel's death. By the time I walked into the party, only the serious hangers-on were left. Among them, Professor Colin Reed had zeroed in on a woman with white blonde hair and china-blue eyes, who I assumed had just graduated and was therefore fair game. Tight pants and a clingy silk shirt showed off her firm, fit body. Reed headed off to get drinks, I assumed. As I was looking around for Hal, she caught my eye. I sent her a smile back. I'm Harris, she said when we were close enough to hear each other. John Madison. She moved a little nearer to me. Are you with the bride's or the groom's party? I asked. I noticed her eyes widened when she laughed. They were a mesmerizing blue, so intense I wondered whether she used those contacts that enhance eye color. Yeah, it's funny, she said. Sometimes these university parties do seem as deadly as your second cousin once removed's wedding. You're at NYU? No, an MIT grad. You? Columbia, but some time ago. Hal and I go way back. We're childhood friends and lately business associates. Isn't he a professor? Yes, I'm an art dealer. He's sold some art objects through me. An art dealer? That's exotic. You must be a millionaire then. She chuckled to show this was just a tease. Millions of dollars pass through my hands. It hurts always watching them end up in someone else's bank account. Should have gone into hedge funds. That produced another grin. So you're a friend of Hal's, she asked. My older brother and his father were friends. Samuel would always bring me here on his visits, and whenever Hal came home from boarding school or summer camp, we'd spend time together. 
He didn't have a lot of other friends here in the city. How do you know him, then? She didn't answer me, and I saw her flick a glance across the room. Reed appeared in the doorway, his bushy, fair hair that seemed to stand up vertically from his scalp, somewhat skewed, his reddened nose suggesting this was far from his first drink. He shot daggers at me from where he stood, a signal he was not amused by my monopolizing the object of his affection. Normally, I'd stand my ground, but I had to find how. Sorry I can't stay and talk. I pulled out my business card and handed it to her. I've got to see how. Give me a call if you'd like to get together for a coffee or something sometime. She gave the card a quick once-over and tucked it into her shoulder bag. I don't drink caffeine, but I love long walks on the beach and romantic dinners. It was my turn to laugh. Looking forward to it, I said.